Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Hunt for Real podcast. I'm your host, Tony Peterson. Today, I am sitting down in person with a good friend of mine named Aaron Hutchison. Aaron works for Lacrosse Footwear and is an adult onset hunter. We've we've been going down this path with a few of our interviews lately, and it's always fascinating to talk to people who are new to this, who you know maybe have five or six years of experience. And in the last couple of days, Aaron and I have been out hunting pheasants on public land in southwestern Minnesota in absolutely brutal conditions. And while she's got some experience hunting elk and mule deer and whitetails, turkeys, uh, she's never done this kind of thing with a with a good dog out on public land in a crazy place in Arctic conditions. And so we chat about that. We chat about her path coming from a family that doesn't hunt to becoming a hunter, you know, a young female hunter in the hunting industry and what goes along with that and how 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 many good things hunting has done for her in the short period that she's actually been doing it. So it's a really, really fun interview. I think you're going to love it. If you haven't yet, please subscribe uh, to the podcast. You'll get every episode we drop as soon as we drop it. As always, thank you so much for listening. I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. In one minute, everything can change and it can become the best hunt of your life. It's a reality. Really understanding the landscape, that's what kills big deer. Aaron Hutchison, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling okay. a little tired. You're a little tired. Uh, you have a glass of wine with three kid straws in it. <laughs> so you should be feeling better about that. Uh, can you, just before we get into this, uh, can you tell the listeners what you do and why you're sitting across from me <laughs> in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> uh, I work for Lacrosse Footwear in Danner Boots. I'm the media relations manager. I'm not really sure why I'm sitting across from you right now in the middle of nowhere. Me either. <laughs> but we're going to talk through it. Yeah, we are. So you you sell boots or something for a living. You uh, got talked into going on a late season pheasant hunt in Minnesota. I did. In December. I and did. that's what we have been doing the last three days. And I think a lot of our listeners would like to hear your take because <laughs> you are an adult onset hunter. And we, we get hit up by a lot of adult onset hunters and you've had a very privileged hunting life so far as far as being able to do cool stuff, mm-hmm. but it's mostly been outfitted type of trips. And so we've been talking for a long time about doing something and now <laughs> you've been hunting Minnesota <laughs> pheasants on public land in horrible conditions for three days. And I want to hear what you think. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, you told me from day one, we, when we started talking about this trip, like it's going to be tough, prepare, prepare for it, be ready. And it's even tougher than I expected, for sure. But a huge part of that is because we're facing brutal cold, like below zero temperatures. Um, the physical piece for me, I'm I'm very short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so How short? I'm five foot two. So walking through that snow. Are you I, are you really? Yes. <laughs> five foot one and a half, but same thing. Mm-hmm. Um so walking through that deep snow trying to be really quiet when you're breaking through those cattails and everything, it's been tough for sure. Yeah. For sure. But then also the piece of not being very well versed in wing shooting. So I, I was constantly like trying really hard to be ready. But then, you know, my trigger trigger finger that's, you know, out in the open because I have the, the glove part cut out is freezing so that I'm second guessing myself like, okay, wait, put your hand in your pocket, get it warm, but you have to be ready. You have to be ready. 
So, um, I mean, it's been awesome to learn, but it's it's a whole nother <laughs> ball game for sure. It's very different than big game. <laughs> you, wait, would you say it's an ass kicker? Yes, absolutely. So just just for some context, this is we just wrapped up our third day. Mm-hmm. We have eaten at Perkins for the third day in a row, <laughs> which which has been delicious because we've been working our asses off. That's great. But the first day was I can't remember what it was seven below or something when we started. Somewhere around eight there. Eight below. Eight below. I screenshotted it. Yep. Um, yesterday was, and and it was windy the first day. Yep. So it was freaking cold. It was cold. Um, yeah. It and the day before, a couple days before that, it had been it had snowed, and there was like forty five mile per hour wind gusts, and there's no trees down here, and so these cattail sloughs were hunting. Uh, they're the only cover these pheasants can be in. And because of the conditions that blew in right before we got here, they are just snowed in and it is gnarly. Yeah. And there's, <laughs> there's crazy drifts. We had two really cold days. And today, today when we woke up, it was 24 or 25 degrees warmer than it was yesterday when we woke up Right. and it was still freaking cold. Yeah. Yeah. The, it, today was a really weird day. We got a little bit of sun. We got a little bit of snow. We got some crazy wind at some point right in our faces. I mean, we got a little bit of everything yeah, except it, for warmth. <laughs> yeah, it was windy. And it, we thought it was going to be, it, we thought it was going to feel warm and it didn't. And it was not only that, we've been hunting only public land. And this is, you know, the, the pheasant season has been open for two months. And so we're hunting birds that have been piss pounded. And this is your like, this is, I, I bird hunt all the time, and this is the hardest hunting, <laughs> upland hunting for sure, yeah. that I do. And this was your first experience. And you'd never hunted over a dog. Yep. Uh, you'd never done this. Mm-mm. And for anyone listening who thinks it's a good idea to invite somebody <laughs> on on this is their first trip where it's going to be brutal cold, the conditions are, it, we were post-holing through snow. Mm-hmm. We have, There's snow drifts down here. That are there were snowdrifts today that I was looking over. Like yeah. I, I had to like get up and peek like a little kid yeah. looking over the edge of the bed. Yeah. And and I'm six feet tall, six yeah. two. There was one so. point today where I was waist deep. Yeah. And trying to keep up so badly with the dog, and I yeah. just kind of sat there for a second, like, um, "Okay, how's this gonna work?" Yeah, because there were, and and I was very impatiently waiting because there was 147 <laughs> pheasants in this cattail slough that I were just trying. flying out, and I'm like, "Jesus Christ, can you get down here so we can salvage this?" And then you get so mad when I catch up to you, and you're like. Oh, come on, let's go. Yeah, because you're just getting to my level. I'm like, you need to be ahead of me so you can be where the birds are. Yeah. This is this has been. I, w- I want your take on it, but I want to say something about this. Mm-hmm. So, you're not the first person I've taken on these kind of hunts, and you try so hard to get a flush going the right way and to get a rooster to do what you need it to do. And especially like you mentioned, you're not really that comfortable with wing shooting, and mm-hmm. this is such a dynamic type of hunt because the dog's working there's people out there yeah and it's so it's just hard to make it happen correctly Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's hard to get somebody who's not used to that to understand like you mentioned the you know trying to be ready but Mm -hmm. you know you 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 go some spots you go in there's no birds yeah and you hunt all the way through there and you work your butt off and there's nothing there and you're trying to mentally stay in it and that kind of thing reminds me of you know day five of whitetail hunting where you've taken a week off and you haven't seen a deer in two days Mm -hmm. or elk hunting when you got to climb that goddamn mountain again. Right. And it doesn't, you know, people listen and people talk about pheasant hunting and they don't think of it being that bad. Mm -hmm. This stuff is no joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's much harder than I even expected, honestly. 
but I would love to to do it again in a little bit better <laughs> conditions because I I totally get it. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but those rewards of getting the shots, I completely get it. Yeah, it's I mean it's such a crapshoot. This is this would be like you know, if you came to fish in mid-May, it right. might be amazing, it might be cold mm. and horrible and you just don't know. And you know, this if you did this trip this time of year, three times in a row, three years in a row, one of those years, there'd be very little snow and the sloughs would be frozen really nice mm-hmm. and it would be good walking and just the right conditions and the pheasants would be in there. Because that's the other thing that's screwing this up. The, those sloughs are so blown in with snow, those pheasants are in very specific spots yeah. and they're very cagey because they've been in, They, you know, they're not in where they're choosing like they would normally choose to be. They're in where they have to be right now. Yeah. And so it makes it, it makes it pretty difficult. Yeah. But you've... You've gone through a crash course. We've uh, we've become friends and enemies <laughs> multiple <laughs> times each day uh, because, like you said, it was a it was a different world. Yeah, um, we've gone through all the emotions. So, but what did you think? I, I want your impression. Three hours into day one, what was going through your mind? Um, well, within the first twenty minutes, well, day one too, I was not wearing the proper attire completely. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't really know what to expect. So I way over, you know, I wore a ton of layers. Um, so immediately you start walking through that snow and you're hot. So mm-hmm. I'm sweating, which did not expect in that cold of temperatures. Um, but then pretty quickly afterwards, I immediately fell through that ice. <laughs> so, um, so that was a little bit of a rude awakening only because then you've got the factor of like, I mean, I'm from Oregon, so... I'm not, I'm never walking on a frozen lake one, (laughs) to be honest with you. I'm just not. Um, So that's a new experience for me. But then the factor of like the the anxiety trickling in like, am I going to get frostbite? (laughs) Because I really was thinking about that, but it was totally fine. You know, I could feel the water sloshing around, of course, but it's warm enough. It was fine. Um, But man, when you take those breaks and stop, like it is biting cold, Yeah, biting, but you know, the first hour, that was a good hunt. We flushed some birds. You got a shot. I mean, it was good. It was mm-hmm. a great, it was a great intro. Yeah. And I felt that excitement and that's what, you know, that's what it's all about. So. Yeah. We killed one in the first spot and the dog was working good and there were birds in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it's a weird thing to try to describe. You know, we think about like temperature management all the time, mm-hmm. hunting big game. And it's like, it's just an easier thing to layer up and layer down mm-hmm. when you're, you know, whether you're doing a, a tree stand hunt for whitetails or whether you're hiking the mountains right. and you, and you know, you've done both, but th- this thing is different. And I, and I knew this, like I, I told you, I'm like, you're going to overlayer. Everybody yep. overlayers the yep. first time. And even though it was, you know, eight degrees below zero, all like the first day, all I was wearing was uh, brush pants. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any base. Layer. Actually, I haven't had any base layers the whole time because I know I'm falling through right? and I'm going to get wet yep. and my boots are going to fill with water yep. and I'm just going to hit that like <laughs> icy stage. <laughs> you just got to power but, through. <laughs> but if you keep moving, the problem is, is you can, you can do pretty well with your legs. You can do pretty well with your torso. Your face gets freaking cold yeah. and your hands. Yes. And it's a, <laughs> it's like a, to me, it's a good reminder of how how you just like no matter how comfortable we have it or no matter like we have access to awesome hunting gear yep and you still can't beat mother nature when she it's just so true yeah turns south it's so true and this this is just 
not only was it just hard for us, but even today, which is, you know, we, we've been in here in the midweek, there were people all over hunting today. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just us. It was busy. Yeah. Yeah. It was but, very busy. And so we we went through the first spot. We we had a good hunt in the first spot. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think by the end of day one? It, end of day one was the rude awakening for sure. Because at that point I was just like, I was so sore. I was so cold. And I wanted so badly to get a rooster. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't even think I really got a good shot the first day. You didn't shoot the first day at all, right? No. Yeah. So and it, so, what was the lesson we learned on the last part of the first day? Matt, do you remember? Um, was that the really long lake? No. What was the? No, no, no. We'll, <laughs> we'll get to that. Was that the glove incident? <laughs> no, 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 no. That was the sit in the truck incident while your hunting partner goes out. Oh, okay, yeah. So this is when I had fallen through the ice and my legs, my, the lower half of my body was ice blocks, honestly. <laughs> like I, so, I was genuinely concerned. <laughs> for for anybody listening, when we say we fall through the ice, we fall like... To knee, knee yeah. to... Yeah. Um, once in a while, it's deeper than that. But yeah. you're in the cattail, so it's not yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, It's it, not like an open... Yeah, but it's freaking cold. It's just cold. Yeah. And so... This, this is a hard, this is a hard one. So there's so much of a, this is so physical, but mm-hmm. there's such a mental thing about mm-hmm. staying in the game. Yep. And so the first day we hunted hard, we hunted a long ways. Yeah. We, we covered some ground. We had one rooster mm-hmm. and we ended up, you know, we saw a ton of birds cause it's so cold. They were out. And this last spot we drove by and there was a tree <laughs> row in there that really, really blocked the snow. And there was a standing cornfield across the road yep. and a standing cornfield with all those carbs when it's that cold is just money for those pheasants. And we saw so many birds fly in there and you're like, I'm sitting this one out. Mm-hmm. And so it was just going to be a short hunt. And I walked down in there <laughs> and I've, I've pheasant hunted South Dakota. I pheasant hunted Iowa in the heyday, a whole bunch. And I pheasant hunted, well, Minnesota and Nebraska. I have never seen as many pheasants in one chunk of public land as I saw it there. When I was just walking down the road to go start this hunt, it was just waves of roosters flying it's out. It's just like salt in the wounds. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. She's going to she's gonna learn. I knew, I knew when I was walking down there, I was going to shoot uh, a bird. Yeah. And I got in there and Luna is going nuts because there's freaking birds going out everywhere. And I can see birds running. I can see birds flying on both sides of me. I had birds fly out of the trees around me because there's pine trees in there in this tree row. And I didn't shoot one down, but there's a couple little cattail sloughs back toward the truck. And I got in there, flushed a bird right away, flushed another one, shot it, and went back. And I was like, Aaron, (laughs) you should have powered through that one. I thought you were kidding. I was like, no, that did not just happen. (laughs) Yeah. I actually, yeah, I shot at three birds in there. Um, Yeah. through the, through the whole thing, but it was to see that level of birds. Mm-hmm. And so you, I could see that on your face, like, oh, damn it. Why did I do that? <laughs> but that's a, there's something about having enough experience where you get that optimism level. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I look at those places and I'm like, this is totally going to be worth it. Yeah. Cause every once in a while you walk in there and you have just awesome flushes and you kill some birds and killing one when you've hunted your ass off really just changes the whole thing. But so you knew the next day that wasn't going to happen. And so how did, how did that day go? We started, Oh, we started down on the other end of that property. Remember? Yeah. It's funny. I feel like day two, like I was very defeated day one, definitely, especially after that last hunt and Mm -hmm. making that call, which pained me (laughs) 
Because I, I really like try very hard to give it my all. So that hurt. And then to, to be like, no, I got to gotta, be a quitter. I got to listen to my <laughs> I got to listen to my frozen legs here. <laughs> yeah. Did it shatter your worldview a it, little bit? Because I could see like a little. It was. I'm Shell serious. shock it, on your face. <laughs> I was. Yeah, it was. That was a rough day one for sure. But then it's funny because day two, I woke up and felt like much stronger. Mm-hmm. As my song choice in the morning said, <laughs> I played Britney Spears stronger than yesterday. Yep, and song. I just about steered my truck into a bridge abutment. <laughs> uh, but it's funny. I, I woke up like ready to go. Like, let's yep. do this round two. And I felt like it was a it was a good day. Um, I made some super beginner mistakes for sure. Um, yep. One of them being, again, like just not quite knowing my equipment choices when I my gloves um getting the safe safety switch on and off fast enough with really thick gloves I mean that's stupid but it happened (laughs) yeah it's so that watching that unfold that was a that was just a good flush Mm. out of a rooster you know we this this is the thing about this stuff is especially you know it it this happens to me on public land a lot where it just changes so much from trip to trip and year to year mm-hmm. just because of the pressure and, you know, you throw in the, the conditions and the, you know, standing corn here and whatever else. And I I forget like that I know how to control the things I control because I do this so much. Mm-hmm. And then I see somebody who's new and the reaction time slower and the, you know, the, like the doubt creeps in like a bird flush. Like, is it, can I shoot it? Can I not shoot it? Exactly. There's and so much going through your head. This bird, I, I was walking behind you as we were going to get in this little lunar ran ahead of us, flush the rooster out. It was perfect flush. And I'm just sitting there going, shoot it, shoot it. Shoot no, it. Like, no, you yelled that actually. <laughs> I was very calm. I was like, hey, Aaron, would you please be so kind as to shoot that rooster that's You were screaming at me, shoot it, shoot it. <laughs> and he just sails off into the sunset, Ugh. sunrise, I should say. Gosh, that was bad. Mid-morning sun. And so then <laughs> there we- There I am, just fiddling with my glove. <laughs> yeah. So that was flush one. Yep. But we, we had a different strategy. Oh, this is where I was going with this. So day one, we got here, and I, I hunted here about 10 days ago. We're hunting different spots, but it was totally different 10 days ago. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you relearn stuff, and we we- went into some spots that were just an energy suck that mm-hmm. had birds, but we couldn't hunt them very well. Yeah. And it, they destroyed my dog. They just drained the heck out of you. Yeah. And so we were like, we got to make better decisions. We got to get into stuff that has better windbreak and it'll, won't be so blown in and frozen. And so we strategically made better decisions on day two. Mm-hmm. We hunted up this one side and we ended, well, we ended up getting in to that one spot, the, the long spot that we hiked up and back mm-hmm. after that. And had a pretty good sh- shot opportunity there. <laughs> Do you remember that one? The first one you shot at? Uh Oh, yeah. Yep. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful flush. I just went to your left. shot totally behind it. Yeah. Just like you wanted. <laughs> yep. Um, both Luna and I were a little sad watching that one. because You like, guys were sad. Yeah. I was crying. You didn't see it though. Luna was like, I am working so hard and this chick cannot hit anything. So anyway, we moved down. Yeah, Luna will never forgive you. Um, and she's pretty forgiving. She's fair, a female though. lab. She's pretty forgiving. That's so fair. we move down, get all the way down there, have to turn around and walk back. Mm-hmm. Um, we walk back to the truck and, you know, these are, we're hiking. I mean, this is, and like you said, you know, this, it, I, I have a hard time sometimes putting myself in other people's shoes because I'm so used to hiking this stuff. And I like leading up, like not to brag, but like leading up to this hunt, I've ran 987 miles this year. <laughs> and so I'm like used to this shit. And Aaron, 
is three feet tall <laughs> and like can barely see over like <clears throat> the snow. So we trudge our asses back to the truck, go to the other side of this thing. Um, oh, wait. What happened before? Speaking of our asses, what happened before God. we uh, got in the truck? Can, no, you, can you tell the story no, for the I listeners? I don't want to talk about it. So I'm, I'm unloading my gun and I look at Aaron and I, I'm like, man, her pants look really weird. <laughs> They're really and then, white. <laughs> and then I'm like, she has like her ass hanging out. And I'm <laughs> like, Aaron, did you know your ass is hanging out? And the look on her face oh my was God. awesome. I'm so, getting bright red right now. I'm just thinking So what? It. Remember, we can tell embarrassing stories <sighs> about me too. So my, my hunting pants have vents on the sides. <laughs> and uh, of course, the one day I didn't wear a base layer because I was so warm the previous day. It was so cold that apparently one of the zippers on the vents just worked its way down. Yeah, fully. <laughs> yep. And I had yeah. no idea. <laughs> and when he said that, I was like, oh my God. And I immediately, of course, zip it up. But then I thought about it and I was like, well, that's why my legs were so damn cold the last yeah. 20 minutes. <laughs> because it was below zero and yes. you were functionally wearing shorts out there. <laughs> so embarrassing. So Ugh. newbie mistake number seven. Oh my um, gosh, yeah. So we, we drive Vents, up. Vents are a no-go. <laughs> yeah. This this is a long, uh, semi-frozen creek system that, that widened out, but there was flow in there. So we couldn't cross it anywhere. So we have to walk all the way out. We drive to the other side, eat some frozen sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Totally frozen. Disgusting. Yep. <laughs> um, frozen Sour Patch Kids. Break yep. our teeth on those. Yep. And decide to go in that side. Really wanted some Gatorade, but it was frozen solid. <laughs> yeah. Um, decide to go on the other side, walk down into the cattails, and 53 pheasants fly out. Mm-hmm. And then we're, we start hunting, and then what happens? Do you remember that? Um, Do you remember the rooster that flushed right in front of you? Yeah, I didn't even see it though. I was looking the other way. (laughs) I'm just, I just watched this rooster erupt out of the cattails right in front of her and she's walking, staring at her shoes or something and just flies away and it just like took a piece of me with it. Okay, but like lesson, lesson 123. So there's so many things that you need to focus on and you kept saying like, just watch Luna, watch Luna. But when you can't see her and you're trying to walk and not, you know, fall flat on your face, that's what I was doing, was trying to just walk through and then all of a sudden Tony's like, Aaron, <laughs> I'm like yeah. what? And I look, and there's a rooster flying off to I'm my so left. So disgusted. <laughs> a rooter hunting partner would have shot both of those birds over your head. Well, yeah. Thank God for that. <laughs> so, thank Thank God. Four years ago, one of my hunting partners deafened me by doing that, and I'm very cognizant of that. Anyway, so it's like tough. Yeah. Because even when it goes right, it's you still got to close it. It's like yeah. bow hunting. It all has to come together. Yeah. It's not so simple as Mm-mm. just getting one by you. Mm-hmm. We work our way down, flush some birds. I finally get a good flush, kill mm-hmm. a bird. Mm-hmm. We walk out with a rooster, which makes us feel pretty good. Yeah. And then we go hunt. We drive around, hunt that worthless grassy spot, the yeah, Egyptian broom grass spot, there. go in there. You're starting to slow down a little bit at that point. Yep. <laughs> get a little hangry. Yep. <laughs> we go. We definitely. So at some point in there, we went from uh, best friends to maybe just like casual acquaintances. Yeah. And then by the end of it, I and it. then yeah. let's talk about how we went to be, become mortal enemies. Um, the last spot of the day, I'm like, we got, mm-hmm, be, you know. Mm-hmm. So the the lakes, anything like really exposed that doesn't have a bunch of geothermal cover over it, is 
frozen, frozen, frozen. We saw people ice fishing today. But yeah. when you get into the, the brush and the cattails and stuff, it's not frozen very well. And so if you can get on the lake, super frozen, walk around, easy, easy walk, and yep. the dog can work for you. Good I stuff. Yep, I liked that. Those spots are So good. I'm like, I got a lake for you. We drive <laughs> by. There's 11 roosters in the field next to it. We drive a little farther. We look. There's a giant flock of pheasants feeding. I'm like, they're all going to fly in here. It's 3.30. So we go hike our way into there. You fall flat on your face in the ditch. Yeah, like complete face pant yeah. before I even walked five yards Like imagine making a snow <laughs> angel, but with your face down. <laughs> And my shotgun buried in the snow. <laughs> it was like ankle deep, ankle deep. And then all of a sudden it was like knee deep. And then just boom, <laughs> complete face plant. It was yeah. so bad. So this, this ratchets, uh, airing up a, another notch. <laughs> and we go to get down into the cattails and I know there's a, a spot we're going to have to get out of the cattails and go around it because mm-hmm. I know it's just always soft in there because there's a little flow in there. And so I'm like, just hang with me. We're going to hit this road. We're going to cut in the other side. We'll get out on the lake. You'll have awesome hunting. The rooster's going to fly in. Well, we go try, we walk there and it's a haul. Mm-hmm. It's pretty far. Mm-hmm. We get to the other side of that and start <laughs> trying to hike out there. And at this point I've learned my lesson. So I'm like, uh, let me hike out ahead of you in case anything breaks. And we walk out there and it's freaking breaking with every step. Yeah. And I fall in like up to my stomach yeah, and I'm like, turn around and <laughs> submerge my gun. My gun's frozen. Yeah. Uh, cold cold that was you bad. know four o'clock in the afternoon sun's you know yep sun's gonna set in 45 yep. minutes or whatever the worst part about that though is all i kept telling myself was get to the lake it's gonna be so much easier once you get to the yeah. lake you can walk on the ice and as soon as i saw that you you just dropped into the water and i was like dang it yeah <laughs> we can't walk then it was ice. not easy yeah. we hiked out went <laughs> to the other we kept walking around because we had a long ways to go yeah and even at this point you said something to me like, do you think we're going to make it back <laughs> by time? And I'm like, well, and I'm thinking like, I don't know if we're going to make it back by this dark. This was a big lake. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. really thought we were going to cut some time off yeah. by. And it was at the end of day two. Yeah. And everybody's tired, including Luna. Yeah. And so, but we ended up making it out on the lake mm-hmm. on the after quite a while. And mm-hmm. at this point, Aaron is not happy with me <laughs> what is, is that an accurate way to describe that i hated you with yeah. a fiery passion <laughs> at this point <laughs> for it can you explain for what for going um, out of my way to take you hunting <laughs> no no just the, mostly for the fact that <laughs> you you'd be like well it won't be that bad this will be a good spot <laughs> Good. And then every single time it was like just hell trying to get to even a place where I could stand like honestly with snow below my knees. I should have maybe before this hunt, I should have explained to you what a good spot is to me. And it's one we might kill. Well, I learned in. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's true. So that, that is a good spot. Here's a in theory. I've been married 13 and a half years now. And so I know fear with a woman. And when we were walking around that lake and it was getting late. Where, you know, we're, we're getting close, like we, we had 35 minutes left to shoot or something like yeah. that. We're a long ways from the truck. Yeah. And I started thinking as we're hiking there, I'm like, I think there's like a feeder stream going into this lake. I've only, hun- I've hunted this property like twice. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, if that sucker's open, we're going to have to reverse course and walk all the way back around. And that's <laughs> going to be dark. Yeah. And so then like fear starts coming into me because I'm like, she is going <laughs> to freak. She is going to be so. And it was only because, too, those cattails, the way that they get snowed over, it's like you are, you're pushing through waste or even some of the areas were like chest height for me. 
you're trying to push through that. Yeah. Like so, it like is, knee it, deep on a normal person. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you don't just run underneath it like Luna does. Maybe I should. Honestly, <laughs> that's really what I should start doing. So. Ah, uh, okay. Well, so, uh, yeah, it's, anyways, it was, just setting these the conditions there. sucked. Yeah. They're, they're some of the worst I've ever seen and I've done this a lot. So it was, it was a bitch, but I'm, I'm like, so we're, we're almost to where I know there's this little feeder thing and I'm mm-hmm. like, holy shit, if we can't do this, she is going to kill me. And I'm like <laughs> nervous, nervous. And we get there and Luna flushes a rooster and you shoot it, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is good, except for it kept flying and flying and flying, mm-hmm. and then it pitched into the cattails yep. 250 yards ahead of us, and you hit it hard. Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of feathers came off. Yep. And this is the thing, you know, you're shooting a 20 gauge, three inch, three inch fours there, and you know, it, and it was a decent flush. It was a little, I mean, you, yeah. you'd like them closer, but it was totally within range. Yeah. But man, you see that happen with those birds, and they're so freaking tough. And mm-hmm. when they get when they're flying full bore and you whack them and they keep going, it sucks. Yeah. So a couple more birds get up. I shoot, no bird. We go over there to find it. Um, can't find that one. And, it, you know, there's other birds getting up. Yeah. And just was one of those things. That it, it, with the best dog you can get when that happens and you hit them and they make it that far and you see them land, yeah. then you're screwed because yeah. they can run. But you got to try. And we went in there and tried till, you know, Till the time ran out mm-hmm. and walked out and that was the end of day two and i was when we were walking out i was like i don't i wonder if she's gonna hunt tomorrow <laughs> stop oh no i mean it was that was a huge bummer to be honest with you because think about how awesome that would have been if after all of that yeah we walked away with bird but but still i mean you learn and i learned yeah. a lot that day <laughs> yeah we I mean, I take, I take a fair amount of people doing this and there's a, there's, I have buddies who have a lot of experience mm-hmm. and, you know, and there's times, I mean, I, I came down here last year, I hunted all day and never killed a bird mm-hmm. one day. I mean, it just, it happens. It's hard. And the, the thing about it is there's, there's so much that I see when I take somebody like you, who's, you know, you've been hunting a few years, but not a ton. No. Yes. Yeah, and what I see is. There's like no replacement for experience, mm-hmm. and it's it it seems like a little trivial thing, but the the being being ready for that flush and mm-hmm. getting on it right away. Like I have, I have my buddy Ben, who I I bird hunt with my whole life. He and I, when birds flush, we shoot at the same time all the time. Yeah, because we're we're both like we've done it our whole lives and yeah. we're fast. And our buddies who haven't done it don't shoot very often. Like they, they, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it yeah. just like the birds are dead before they're like yep. while they're aiming at it. Yep. And in this situation, when you're dealing with wild birds and we have a flusher, mm-hmm. to see that 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 half a second or a second to figure out, okay, it's a rooster. Now I got to get my gun up. Exactly. It's yep. it's a lot of time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so it's it's hard it's hard to do. But you did good, and then you know we. <laughs> <laughs> you did as good as could be expected. Oh my gosh! Well, thanks. <laughs> you did, you did better than any a for uh, effort at least media brand manager I've ever taken out hunting. <laughs> oh gee, thanks. <laughs> but hey, we still have half a day tomorrow, so it's we do. not over. So, and we're, we haven't talked about our third day yet. So, <laughs> we're I'm a little. You're way nervous, way more nervous about my dog than I am. Yep. Because last night she was freaking smoked. Yeah. And that that's the other thing too. So. 
the first day the ice, as cold as it was, she destroyed her paws. Mm-hmm. And I run her in the snow and the ice all the time. But this was, she was, it was nasty. So we had, yeah. we've been having to manage her a little bit. And we really did that today. But we went out and tried to make something happen today around making some content. And today was just one of those weird, you know, like you said before, sometimes snowy, sometimes right. super windy. Right. I mean, just, just a wild day. And there was freaking people everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it was just a tough one. And we lucked into a rooster in one spot. And the only bird we shot at all day mm-hmm. um, killed a great big, you know, long spurred rooster, which is an awesome bird. Yeah. Uh, but we called it a little a little early today to let the dogs rest. Mm-hmm. And we have one good plan for tomorrow. We're going to go into two big cattail sloughs and we're going to kill our limit and yep. take you to the airport. Yep. So what do you think? What's been your favorite part? Honestly, I think my favorite part has been hunting with a dog because yeah. I've never done that before. So being able to watch her work is so cool. But then again, it's like just watching someone who's very experienced has been you know, I can't even put into words how much you just learn from that. So that's what I'm taking away from this trip, whether or not tomorrow is successful or not. It's it's just another stepping stone for me because I am such a new hunter and all you can do is keep learning and keep getting yourself out there and pushing yourself and, you know, trying to push those limits more and more. And um, so, yeah, so it's been a really good experience. It's been tough, but it's been it's been good. It's been <laughs> tough, but it's it is fun to, to see a dog doing what a dog's yeah, supposed to do. It's amazing. And I love dogs. I've always loved dogs. I've always loved labs, especially. So finally getting to see one, like a very well-trained one work, it's so cool. I mean, it's amazing. They're so smart and yeah. it just blows my mind what they're capable of. Yeah. And they what they can put up with. Yeah. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a fun thing when you see it in, you know, it's, you know, owning a dog you, you travel a lot mm-hmm. and so not yeah. everybody's <laughs> life is conducive to having a dog yeah. and, and giving the dog the life that it needs absolutely but when you, what you see or at least what i saw you know i've i always felt that i was destined to own dogs mm-hmm. couldn't when i was younger mm-hmm. and you know got dogs as soon as i possibly could and what i realized about my life and i think you'd see is it you know you still have to work. <laughs> you still have to travel. Right. But man, you start changing things up yep. to be with them more. And, you know, yep. being in any kind of situation where you can get on cool upland opportunities or ducks or whatever, I, th- I think they just bring out, they, they could bring out a better person, mm-hmm. you know, if mm-hmm. you get one that wants to work like that. For sure. Absolutely. So it's, it's, it's fun to see. And she's, Luna is, she's a good dog, but she is really in rough shape right now. Yeah. She needs to sleep. So yeah. you, you think you'd bird hunt again? Absolutely. Just maybe not in the middle of December. Maybe like in September for a sharp tail <laughs> yes, grouse or something. That sounds fantastic right now. Yeah. Do you, because uh, you'd never, you'd never hunted any upland, right? Never. Nope. Never. I've hunted ducks and that's about it for birds. Yeah. And so you think you would, uh, you'd like to go do that again? I would do it again. Absolutely. Does it, well, how do you feel about it compared to, you know, you've done You've done some cool rifle hunts. Mm-hmm. You've done some cool bow hunts. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about it compared to some of those? Um, I mean, I really enjoy shooting my rifle. <laughs> um, so, And I've gotten very comfortable with it. So it's hard to compare when something is so fresh and so brand new. You know, I'm just not used to shooting a moving target, you know. So I'm, I'm used to 
the way that I've learned is really like settling into my shot, being not pulling that trigger until I'm really comfortable. Mm -hmm. So that's been the biggest thing for me is like, this is so different, so different having to react so quickly, you know? Um, so in that sense though, like shotguns have always been a little bit more intimidating to me because I've been less comfortable with them. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, I've already said to you, like, I really want to go get the shotgun that I've been shooting this week. It's awesome. I love it. Um, and it's as simple as just, you know, going out there and shooting more and practicing. Um, so, so they're just different. It's hard yeah. to compare the two, honestly. Yeah. Um, but for me, like, there's just something about, again, because I'm based in Oregon and based out West. So I do a lot more like spot and stock type of hunting. And, um, that's something that I'm just like super passionate about, but it's also what I know best. So, mm -hmm. so you're going to go get a shotgun and, and start shoot some clay pigeons let's see maybe we'll see <laughs> you should own a shotgun i need to own a I mean, shotgun there's all know. those turkeys out there and absolutely all those there's got to yep. be some yeah i i'm positive there's some cool upland opportunities and there's got to be some quail and probably mountain quail or something out there in oregon i've written about it but i can't remember what the hell's yeah. out there yeah um, i mean oregon's pretty awesome there's a lot of different opportunities there's a lot out there. of yeah you can do diversity a diversity with game there there is and you're close to idaho and idaho has amazing yep, yep. upland opportunities yep yeah, the the upland thing is a weird one. It's a it's a very hard thing to get into without a dog. Mm -hmm. You know, like you don't you just don't see people who are passionate about bird hunting. Yeah, typically. Yeah, who don't have dogs. Yep. But it's I a in that. that that's something you know that that's probably why you know this kind of just occurred to me. That's probably why it's hard for me. You know, like I'm I'm super enthusiastic about this. But I have that relationship with my dog right. and I have all that time put in. So like, it's like, that's what I want the most. Yeah. And, you know, for somebody coming in from the outside, like if somebody was like, Hey, come hunt with me and you know, we'll use my dog. Yeah. I'd be like, mm, this mm -hmm. is different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, like for sure. Well, and again, too, just like being a newer hunter, I think that's a much harder hunt to go out and learn being older than if you were to grow up you know, around birds and using a shotgun and in my opinion. Yeah. You know, maybe, probably, but I, I would also say, you know, it could, because for my other podcast, for the sporting dog talk, we have adult onset hunters hit us up who mm -hmm. have a dog mm -hmm. and they want to do this stuff. Yeah. And you know, the one thing about it is, you know, if you want to go deer hunting, like a, a you know, killing a deer, it's its intimidating on multiple levels. Yeah. Right? Like having a dead pheasant That's to deal true. with is not yeah. the same thing as having a dead deer. Or, That's very true. <laughs> you know, wounding a pheasant, losing it is not That's the same very thing. True. You know, so there's there's all these layers to it. But it's it's a it's a good lesson because there's a there's still a lot more going on there and there's a lot of responsibility there mm -hmm. that you just you you maybe wouldn't be really aware of until you went and did it mm -hmm. and so you, you have to do that stuff yeah and get that experience in so in your life you're you're kind of out there in the social media space but you're pretty reserved about it like how kind of yeah kind of she's like kind of snickering at me <laughs> across the table here yeah social uh, media is interesting yeah it's a it's just a yeah necessary evil in our lives it is yeah um, it has it uh, the way business works right now, it just has to be there. Mm -hmm. But you're, you're also, you don't look like the typical hunter. <laughs> yeah. 
And so what, you know, we talked to April Volke recently and mm-hmm. she was kind of talking about some of the hate. Like, have you, have you dealt with anybody who looks at you and is like, you shouldn't be there posing with a dead deer or not? No, I haven't. Um, Good. But what I do deal with quite a bit is um, people that I know growing up. So I grew up in a family that, you know, was not exposed to hunting whatsoever. Um, Even all the way through college, same thing. Just none of my friends hunted. Like Mm -hmm. I had zero exposure at all. Um, So what I do deal with quite a bit is people that will, I think they're trying to be nice, but they kind of make fun of the fact that I've gotten into it. And, um, you know, Maybe I don't look like someone that should be a hunter, but it's something I have found later in life and love to do. Um, so there's there's definitely a little bit of the like poking fun at it, which they mean well, but it also is kind of like, really, guys? <laughs> yeah, they don't understand it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, comes from a good place, I think. Yeah. But um, on the flip side, there's also been a lot of really encouraging messages and whatnot mostly again from people that i've known and maybe not kept in touch with so much but um people that are genuinely interested and and they're like wow like i you know i've always had a stereotype about hunting in my mind and um seeing you out doing it and experiencing these crazy adventures um and and you know hopefully it's in part because of the way i'm sharing it on social media um they've sent really nice, really nice notes, just like, you know, it's changed my opinion about it and it might be something I'd be interested in. How'd you get into it? Mm-hmm. And then it becomes a conversation about like, okay, like yep. this could be someone that would get into it eventually. And, you know, just introducing more people to that world. And I think that's great. So I I, I do too. And, uh, you know, I, something that I, I was just thinking about when you were explaining that is we were sitting here in the hunting industry and we're looking at the future mm-hmm. and it's not good. Mm-hmm. It's just not good. But then, then I see an example like you. You get a job with a company who's, mm-hmm. you know, sort of tied into the hunting industry and, and work on that demographic. Yep. And it opens up some doors for you and you get to try some stuff. And you've you've had opportunities that, you know, the average person sitting in the suburbs that thinks they want to hunt is not going to get. Totally. Just different different world. Yep. But, you know, you just just before this trip took your dad and your brother out to yep. shoot guns for the first time very first time they've ever shot <laughs> and i look at like there there might be something there to you know we're like how do we get more people involved mm-hmm. how do we get more people to stick around how do we get more people passionate about this who are on you know in it for the right reasons let's say right you know quote unquote yep and then i look at this and i go this you know you were like 25 when you got that job right yeah, even younger, actually. Yeah. So you're just a pup. Yeah. You get this job and you get this chance to go hunting. You try it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and then now, you know, X amount of years later, five, six years down the road later, your dad's out shooting a gun. Right. Never has. Yep. Your brother's out shooting a gun. Yep. You have people reaching out to you who are like, this is weird, but I think I like it. Yep. What's what's the story behind it? Yep. And this is this is one of the complaints that we see. You know, we, we have all these youth seasons out there for mm-hmm. waterfowl or deer or whatever, and people complain about them. And they, you know, a lot of the complaints you hear are just people who are like, I don't want them scaring the ducks before I get to hunt them, which is bananas. But anyway, <laughs> the the other complaint that you hear that's valid is a lot of these kids would have got to go anyway. They're just the kids who are getting to go earlier or they would have, they're the ones who could have hunted. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, are we really recruiting? Like we're recruiting people who would have been here anyway. Yeah. And you're somebody who would not have. Mm-hmm. And because of that, now some other people are seeing that. And it might be, the dominoes might start falling where a few more people. Yeah. And so like, 
I think there's a really valid lesson in there to give people the chance to get to do this stuff because you might get somebody who I know for you, like you could have, I'm just, I'm, Maybe I'm wrong here, but you came into this and you could have just went either way with it. You could have just been a business thing, could have just been something you do for your job, mm-hmm. but now it's something that's becoming more and more and more into your life. Completely. And there are so many people out there who don't do this who probably could. Right. Or could could re, could have the same response that you have. For sure. I mean, it's like absolutely changed my life in so many ways, honestly. Um, the biggest piece of that is that getting out there doing it and very much getting out of my comfort zone. There's a lot of things about hunting that I think is really intimidating for a lot of people. It was for me, absolutely, just starting out. Firearms was a big piece of that, just not knowing, just not being educated about them. So they're intimidating because of that. Um, So little things like that um, are such a roadblock, I think, for beginners. And once you push past that point is when I think it really just, it changes your perspective because then you get, the educational piece, of course, you're learning something. The adventure side of it, which is amazing. Um, I've had some experiences just out with friends or, you know, on some of those bigger trips that I've kind of, I've wanted to pause time because I've just, you know, you have those thoughts of like, how am I here right now? You feel so at peace. You feel like you've, you know, conquered some anxiety of some sort about, you know, being uncomfortable. Um, Or maybe it's like, getting that shot finally and harvesting something. I mean, it's just, it's, it's such a hard feeling to describe. And because of that, I feel like it's, it's made me so much more confident in myself. So that's the big piece is that through my journey of learning to hunt, which I, I honestly would have never thought I would be here 10 years ago. Like I, I really wouldn't think this would be something I would be passionate about. But through this journey, I've just, learned so much about myself and become so much more confident in myself. And, and because of that, it's like, I, I, this will always be part of my life. And then of course there's the whole amazing piece of going home from a hunting trip with a bunch of wild game if you're successful. <laughs> yeah. So that's a whole nother side of it that, um, is really cool to share with people that don't hunt. And then I think it helps them like understand it and, and, you know, another, once they taste it, they're always like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is, what is this? This is venison? You know, so it's pretty cool. You can fill your freezer for an entire season. I haven't even, I, I can't tell you the last time I bought meat from a grocery store and it's so cool. Yeah. So that's, that's a big part of it. Yeah. Um, I want to back up to the self-esteem thing and, and the, you know, getting outside of your comfort zone. Yep. Um, do you think, so let's, let's go back, let's hop in the time machine and go back to 22 year old Aaron <laughs> do you think like had you not got that job yep with with a cross mm-hmm. do you think you would have found something do you think you're the kind of person who would have found something that that really pushes yourself the same way or not or could you see an alternate universe yeah. where you just didn't do something of consequence like this I mean that's a good question I don't know I mean I think I was getting there because I was really into hiking and just being outdoors and and finding those adventures but I think I was missing that factor of pushing me past that limit of being comfortable <laughs> yeah so um so yeah I don't know. so you were like adjacent 
to it in some ways already. So you were you were probably a better candidate, mm-hmm. which is you know maybe the whole reason you ended up where you are anyway mm-hmm. is that you were already into open space and being there mm-hmm. and being out and experiencing stuff. So it was maybe not as big of a leap for you as it could seem. Sure. Yeah. So you may have. Yeah, that's you know, fair to say. But I, I always wonder. I won't. I, I think about that a lot. Like you know, when we were sitting at dinner tonight, we were talking about aliens and sasquatches and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and I, I always wonder, like, is if there was any possible way for my life to take a path where this didn't, this wasn't like the driver. Yeah. And it just it doesn't seem possible because yeah. it's where you end up. Yeah. And or what would have happened to me if hunting and fishing weren't there? For sure. Yeah. For sure. You know? And I think, you know, obviously there's the majority of people in this country live like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not taking anything away from them, but I think that what you said about the self-esteem mm-hmm. in the, I mean, that's tied in, that's not tied into, you know, learning to hunt specifically. I mean, right. in your case, it is specifically, yeah. but in general, we're supposed to do stuff that scares us right. and makes us uncomfortable and yep. gets us to appreciate, you know, like how, you know, cushy our lives really are. Really, though, and yeah. I think that that's, you know, adult onset, mm-hmm. 30-year-old woman, 40-year-old guy, 70-year-old person, like... 29. You're 29? No, I'm 30. <laughs> <laughs> 36-year-old Aaron Hutchinson. Uh, <laughs> Hutchinson. I said Hutchinson. You said Hutchinson. <laughs> I might have thrown a little N in there. Um, I have a hard time with your name. Yeah, I just go by Hutch. Yeah, or Shorty the Pimp because you've been walking with a limp I, the entire trip. I have been walking Because you pulled your hip lip. flexors out of place. I did. Because it's <laughs> high-stepping through the cattails. I did. Yeah, we're all... Uh, all of us, including the dog, We're is hurting. in rough shape. But it's good. It's a good pain. It's yeah. a good. It's a good misery. Yeah. So I'm just. I'm happy. I'm so happy to see somebody end up with the chances that you've gotten and sticking to it. Yeah, I have to say, like, I am so incredibly thankful to my coworkers at Lacrosse because day one, when I first rolled into my cubicle, <laughs> I'm sitting there, and within. 10 minutes, you know, two of these guys come up to my desk who are very passionate hunters and they just said, Hey, I'm, you know, Hey, I'm Ryan. Hey, I'm Sean. (laughs) Like, nice to meet you. Um, would you be interested in hunting or would you want to come on a hunt with us and just see if you're into it or not? And it all snowballed from there. So, (laughs) so so let me get this straight. 25 year old Aaron gets hired at lacrosse and immediately two guys come up and ask her if she wants to go hunting. But really, out of the goodness of their hearts, they're two of my. They're honestly two of my very good friends. No, no, I know these guys. I'm just maybe questioning their motives a little bit, but we can brush past that. No, 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 no. But you did it, and there are lots of people. We have this. I have this woman who reached out to me on on Instagram. Uh, Cindy is her name, and she's. I think she's seven years in, and I Mm -hmm. I see her stuff, and she's just she's hunting squirrels and you know, deer and all kinds of stuff. And I just, I love seeing it. And I, you know, mm-hmm. I talked to April about this, April Volkey. Mm-hmm. It's just, I love seeing women get out and do this stuff. Cause I have little girls and I want to see mm-hmm. this just become, I, I, I don't want that to be surprising. Yeah. I do that, too. I do too. That they're out there. I'm with you. I will support any woman that's out there giving it her all, whether or not she's successful or not on a hunt. If she's trying hard and genuine about it, I'm happy. <laughs> 
a, a, a man any, or women honestly okay. it doesn't matter <laughs> i was gonna say i think you're being uh sexist there <laughs> no 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 anyone the, all, all of you guys can go kick rocks in the street we don't care how you do <laughs> aaron only cares that the women do no 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 it's good it's good it's been uh it's been fun it's been a good lesson in patience for it me it has yep it definitely has <laughs> Uh, I, but I have no one to blame but myself. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really glad that you came out. We've been planning this a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I'm positive we're going to go shoot more roosters in the morning before you fly out. Me too. And I feel like, I feel like this is going to be something. I mentioned this to you yesterday. I think when you were super mad at me when we were walking <laughs> out of that spot, that this is going to be like that pregnancy amnesia or the childbirth amnesia thing where <laughs> women forget the horrors of childbirth and they want to have another baby. I, well, I, I wouldn't know. We I don't, don't have kids. No, but. no, I know. We don't. Men don't get that. Obviously, uh, yeah. maybe out in Portland. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on out there. Here in the Midwest, our men typically don't have babies. Uh, so, but we have camping. And that's similar, like misery <laughs> to childbirth, where you, you go and you're like, this sucks the whole time. And then three months later, you're like, I kind of want to go camping yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you're going to fly home and go through show season, ATA and shot and all this good yeah. stuff. And then by like spring, you're going to be thinking like, man, I want to watch a good dog work. Yep. Oh, absolutely. See some flushes. Yep. And, you know, you have to admit that it sure is a rush when a pheasant gets up close to you. Absolutely is. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I think I think it's it's the best. It's my favorite. Yeah. Um. So what what what, what should we wrap this up with? What are your what are your thoughts? What do you think? How do you feel? Um, I'm happy that I came out and did this, honestly. But I learned a ton in what three days, <laughs> going on four tomorrow. Um, and all I can say is I hope like it would be so awesome just to close the day tomorrow with getting some roosters but if it doesn't happen you know what it's okay because I guarantee like I had enough of that spark out here even through all the pain and misery (laughs) that um it'll be something that I just have to work harder at and continue to do yeah it's um this this kind of hunting you know people people think about pheasant hunting and they think about you know going to South Dakota and Mm -hmm. you know staying at a lodge and shooting planted birds Mm -hmm. and thinking that they're really getting after it Mm -hmm. this stuff when you see these birds that have been hunted so much and you know you walk into those frozen cattails and they make a bunch of noise and all the birds get out the other end and you hunt through it anyway just in case this stuff is just tough Mm -hmm. and it's not it's it's about it's it's about like the entire experience of the day of just getting your ass kicked and like being like feeling like you did something by the end of it pushing through yep yeah, it's, it's, you know, we, we've talked about it enough. It, 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 to me, I've elk hunted. I've, I've done a lot of hunts, mm-hmm. did a lot, I've hunted a lot of different kinds of stuff. This is some of the hardest physically mm-hmm. just overall. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like yeah. the, even, even like a public land white tail hunt carrying in stands and stuff, it's not the same thing. Yeah. I mean, some of those are pretty bad, but this is yeah. worse. What I do love about it though, is it's something that I could see myself as I get more experienced and am able to have a dog and not travel as much and whatnot. It's something I could see myself going out and doing alone. And that's, um, for me, like that's a big piece of what I'm working up to is being able to go out and hunt more alone on public land. You know, I'm still learning. It's going to take a while, but, um, but yeah, that's really encouraging that this is up there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's, it's a, it's a low, you know, low cost can be a low cost thing. Um, 
And it, you know, let's talk about this a little bit before we wrap this up. This this is something that drives me freaking nuts. So I hear people say all the time that there's no pheasants on public land in Minnesota mm-hmm. or, you know, <laughs> name the state. You can't go to Colorado and kill a big bull on public land and over the counter unit. Mm-hmm. Can't go here and do this. You'll never kill a, you'll never kill a buck over 100 inches here in this public land. And people talk shit about public land all the time. Hunters who should know better, but don't know better because they don't go do it. Mm -hmm. And I cannot tell you how many people will tell me that you can't come down and do this Mm -hmm. and find roosters. And how many, how many pheasants do you think we've seen? (laughs) Hundreds, probably, honestly. For sure. Hundreds. (laughs) I mean. Well, that first day alone, the first two days when it was sunny out, but really cold. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere, just right off the road. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, there was probably the one spot we walked into today with the giant drifts around it. There were probably at least 50 or 60 birds in there when we walked in. And that was maybe eight acres. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this. So I had, I had somebody reach out to me for Sporting Dog Talk, a woman who lives in, I think, Detroit mm-hmm. and has a hunting dog. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't. I don't know what to do, but I want to do this with this dog. And so I was kind of trying to help her out, like find woodcock spots. I'm like, you know, worst case scenario, if you're around a lot of people, woodcock migration comes through, you might find those birds. Yeah. And that's something. So the the hard part is having a good dog. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, like that, that takes, you you don't come by that by accident typically. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that's prohibitive. I mean, that's, that's just tough to come by, but finding the, opportunities to go out there for ducks and mm-hmm. for it it is something that somebody who's newer to this could figure out right and and you know there's just so much less consequence to it you know you could go out and do a two-hour and like if you live in an area you know it's it's different here it's a little bit of a haul to get here yeah <laughs> but there you know i have places by my house in the twin cities that i can go to public land and i can shoot ducks and woodcock yeah in the twin cities and i'm listening to rush hour traffic that's crazy yeah and so people think like you can't find this stuff and this is you know this is you know i know i'm ranting here and i'll stop but <laughs> the other thing that really really pisses me off is that people will be like, don't tell people that. Like, don't mm-hmm. pe- don't tell mm-hmm. people. That. Like, there's too many people in the woods already. And I'm like, dude, look into the crystal ball. Like, look into the future. Like, yeah. we need these people. Right. We need, you know, if I'm going to shoot fewer roosters and we're going to stick around and do, be able to do this longer, that's a good trade. Yep, absolutely. And we need we need more people like you who are coming in later in life. And so, you know. Anybody who's listening to this, I, I've had people say like, why isn't, you know, Cameron Haynes doing more to recruit hunters or why isn't this celebrity doing this? And I'm like, we all have that opportunity. Like mm-hmm. they, they have a bigger platform, but right. I guarantee you everybody knows somebody in their life they can take out. Absolutely. I agree. And they should. <laughs> they certainly should. And, you know, it has to be maybe don't take somebody out on this trip. <laughs> Yeah. What did you say? What did you say day one as we're like knee deep in snow? You said, you're the first person that actually took me up on this trip. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Wonder why. I'll tell you what, this, uh, I've, I know I've given you a ton of shit on this trip, but I have mad respect because you did come to hunt and you saw the forecast and didn't cancel or, you know, cancel the trip. And honestly, you know, you and I have chatted 
53 times about this trip and I've told you like I didn't want you to get here and be like whoa he said this was going to be easy like I wanted no, I wanted yeah. you to know No I knew what I was getting It into. was going to be hard but yeah. most most people talk a big game and they don't want to do that work and that's yeah. that's sort of the rub with the public land thing it's like yeah. easy to say like oh it's not worth it right. then you don't have to go Right But if you get out there and experience it like mm-hmm. yeah we haven't killed very many birds we've killed some roosters Right. but man we've seen a ton yep. and we've seen a bunch of deer and we've been in cool places and Absolutely. we've seen awesome sunrises and sunsets and we've we've worked hard enough to sleep really good at night very well (laughs) my goodness (laughs) and and it's always it's one of those things like i know last night when you were super angry at me and you were staring daggers through me as we were hiking (laughs) out of that lake i know that was tough but it's it's always worth it like i i talk about with my dog i'm like if I'm if I'm ever like should I go hunting? I just ask Luna. Yeah. Because she's like yes. Yep. And it's just that simple. Yep. You should go. It's so true. It's so true. And so our buddy Mike, who's here with us too on this trip, he said it so well at dinner or earlier today. He was like, "Well, the really crappy, horrible hunts are the ones you're going to remember the most." And it's so true. It's so true. I will never forget this hunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll never forget it. Yeah. So. Let, let me ask you one last question before we close this up. <laughs> so I, I am glad you came out here. I think I think by the time that you get on that plane tomorrow, we'll be friends again. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I might need a week or two, but yeah. Frenemies. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We're frenemies. We're pheasant hunting frenemies. <laughs> yeah. Um, what what advice do you have for, for say there's somebody out here out there listening to it or yeah. that, that woman who reaches out to you mm-hmm. on, or a guy, whoever, reaches out to you on social media and is like, hey. I've never done this before. That mule deer hunt you did looked awesome yep. or whatever. What What's your advice to them? My like initial advice would be just very, very easy steps of like where to start. You know, like, okay, so is it bow hunting you're interested in? Is it rifle hunting you're interested in? Like step one, you know, point them in the right direction if they don't have any sort of, you know, anyone to go to for advice step one but but then it would really just all be about you know give it your all don't be afraid to you know go for it and fail you're going to fail a lot (laughs) you're gonna make a fool of yourself a lot um but stick with it and you know you'll know really quickly if you're into it or you're not and if you're it's something you want to continue to do and pursue and be passionate about or not and maybe it's not for you you know it doesn't have to be but um, but yeah, it would definitely just be like powering through the really the really rough parts. My friend Sierra says very often, embrace the suck, <laughs> and it's that is like completely true and a hundred percent. It's like your your experience when you know the weather's awful or whatever it might be might be horrible in one second, but then two minutes later you could see a giant buck standing in front of you like you never know what's going to happen and i think that's part of the beauty of it so just you know push through all the crappy parts stick with the hard intimidating parts of learning Mm -hmm. and um not wanting to make a fool of yourself (laughs) and like you know walk into cabela's and ask where the shorter arrows are (laughs) i did that once (laughs) no No, this this isn't just a random no, uh, I did that once. Example. <laughs> so just don't be afraid to ask dumb questions. Yeah, they can because... just cut arrows. Yeah, I learned that. <laughs> <laughs> they don't uh, sell them length specific. Uh, um, yeah, so. 
Power through the misery. Power through the suck. Power through the uh, suck. Do something of consequence. How else in your life are you going to know how good you have it unless you go do a bunch of stuff that makes exactly. you miserable? It only makes the success better. Yeah. It really does. It's like... Uh, it's so... It, you know, getting back to your tent at the end of the night in elk mm-hmm. country mm-hmm. or just like finally taking off your freaking wet boots after mm-hmm. a hunt like this mm-hmm. it makes you really appreciate you know like how if you if you never do anything of consequence i promise you you probably don't enjoy perkins mozzarella sticks the way we did <laughs> that is so you know? true <laughs> and I, I didn't look we didn't walk very far today yesterday we did i had 9.6 miles yeah um and so we earned those Mott sticks. Yep. Um, and pancakes for dinner. So speaking of that, before we wrap this up, we should probably talk about boots just for a second. Um, do you think that this was a good trip for you as far as seeing what people put boots through? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I've been, so I'm a sample size. I'm lucky. Um, I've been wearing a pair of boots that's coming out for women next fall. So that's pretty cool that I'm, I'm truly field testing them. And they're absolutely amazing. And yeah. I, it's crazy how much of a game changer they were. I wore just like la- leather lace-up boots day one and falling through that ice. I was like, oh boy, yep, yeah. going to need the knee highs for sure. But then the rest of the trip, my feet have been comfortable and warm. And the fact that I've been able to put so many miles on them, I mean, I really didn't expect them. You know, I'm, I'm shocked that my I've been so comfortable. Yeah. So... Yeah, and it, it's a good. This is not a, a probably a test that. It's not something you'd think of necessarily yeah, not, for no, not for knee highs. Yeah. But that's you know for me, my my big revelation. I, I you know as the equipment editor for Bowhunter for ten years, I've gotten a lot of free boots, mm-hmm. and I've gotten a lot of free knee highs, and I've tried them out, and because I I loved them, I they, I started out with them for you know whitetail hunting, obviously. Yep. yep. And God, I hated them. I just, I, I never had anything I really liked. Yeah. You started sending me some stuff and I'll never forget, I think it was in 2016, I went down to Nebraska to hunt public land whitetails and I forgot all my boots, but my knee highs, my <laughs> alpha burlies. Yep. yep. Alpha burlies are the best. And I'm like, man, I'm hiking yeah. a ways here in carrying stands in. Mm-hmm. And even though it was a whitetail hunt, I would have wore my leathers. Right. And I didn't. And I killed a buck. I killed this six by four in this freaking creek bottom and had to drag him up a bluff by myself. I mean, it was, it was a pro. It was the worst drag I've ever had Yeah, by, by myself. Yeah. And I wore those boots the whole time. No, no blisters, no hot spots or anything. And I was like, I can wear these anywhere. Yeah. And so I started doing that on like these hunts because mm-hmm. it is just logistically makes more sense. Like right. even though you're covering the miles that would require leathers. Right the the conditions where you're busting through i mean there's there's times where you walk through those sloughs that aren't fro they're slushy frozen yep and you bust through you know a thousand times in <laughs> yeah, a row yeah um and so i'm just curious i i think somebody who is in the boot game should see should <laughs> see these hunts yeah and so i was curious what yeah. you thought about that no no it's been awesome getting that yeah getting that different environment to test them in yeah mm-hmm. it's it's awesome. And, and the fact that I don't often wear insulated boots. So that was another thing, too, that like the ones I've been wearing. So it's the women's version of the Alpha Agility that's currently out for men mm-hmm. coming for next fall. And I'm wearing the 1200 grand version. And I can't believe how much that helped me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, not only does it, here's the, at least the thing that I learned with wearing my knee highs, 
that insulation helps when you bust through and they fill with water. Right. Where it warms up the water around your feet and your legs. <laughs> it's like a hot tub. <laughs> well, it just, it finds the right temperature yeah, yeah. quickly. Yeah. And because that's what happened. Like when I woke up yesterday morning, my boots were, there was puddled water in them yeah. still. Yeah. And so I just put on my freaking wet socks and my wet <laughs> boots so and went right cool. back at it. Because I knew I was going to bust through and I busted through in the first spot and I was yeah. full of water. I mean, or by the second spot anyway. And yeah. that's just... Uh, Man, I got so lucky today and yesterday wearing wearing those knee highs. I only busted through to like my ankles. So I was dry yeah. feet all day. It's almost it's <laughs> almost like your hunting partner was going into all the shitty stuff. <laughs> Weird. Well, okay. Because he was wet up to You're his You're twice nurples. my size. <laughs> You're twice my size. So was, that's why you were busting through. I was, I was wet almost <laughs> up to my teeth at that one spot. And that was freaking cold. Uh, uh, totally... Not totally. I was gonna throw you the rope to help you get out of there, but I was yeah. like, "Yeah." <laughs> if if you want to see a, a a frightened look on your hunting partner's face, uh, <laughs> give her a rope before you go hunting, and then when she asks you why, tell her it's in case I fall through the ice, you can throw this to me and pull me out. <laughs> and that's actually why you had the rope. It was. I don't. Yeah. I know. I probably make this sound like we're cavalier with the ice, and we're not. Yeah. Um, but it is just a dynamic environment, and there's all these little stream, like feeder yeah. streams and stuff, and so. You try to read it. It's pretty easy to read the water pretty well or read the read yeah, the ice. Yeah. But there's just times you just get it wrong. Yeah. And you know, and you never well, that's, a, that's a no joke thing too. Yeah. Like well, you gotta it, be careful. Yeah. We never go anywhere where it looks like you'd be in with any depth yeah. and get it wrong. Yeah. Um, but it's just a it's just a part of the part of the game. Yeah. So Aaron, thank you so much for coming out and hunting with me. Thank you uh, for having me. Maybe, maybe we'll do this again. Maybe. We'll if, see. if in six months we're still speaking. We'll let it settle for a while. <laughs> if we're on speaking terms. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, Tony. Thank you so much for listening. I can't honestly put into words how much I appreciate anyone taking the time to check into the Hunt for Real podcast. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe so you can get the latest episodes each week as we drop them. You can also find us at huntforreal.com our YouTube channel where we'll be putting up tips and films throughout the year, as well as through all the usual suspects when it comes to social media. Again, thank you so much for listening.